Welcome to the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay. This is your positive path for spiritual living. Eighteen eighty-six. An author by the name of Robert Louis Stevenson wrote what has now become a timeless classic novel about a gentleman who was aware of himself to possess, if you will, two different identities. One, a noble, well-respected, and well-loved doctor, and the other, you could say, somewhat of a dark side, a side that, without his awareness, would often go out and create chaos and crime in the world around him. Today we know this amazing work to be the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Now, what do you suppose has made this timeless classic so appealing to so many? Well, I propose to you this morning it's been appealing to us because we identify with it. Because on some level, we recognize an identity that we've accepted for ourselves that we like a lot. We're very proud of. It finds uh, noble regard in the community around us. And we all like to associate with that identity. But if we're really honest with ourselves, we've also got a little bit of Mr. Hyde inside of us. Amen? Comes out and shows its face on certain occasions. And we tend not to be particularly proud of that identity that we've accepted for ourselves. In fact, we've done exactly what Dr. Jekyll sought to do, which is to repress it, to eliminate it, to deny it. And if you haven't noticed, allow me to inform you that the more you repress the hide within you, the more that it will begin to take control over you. Do you hear me on this? I didn't say this was a truth of your existence in terms of your identity. You're not all Mr. Hyde's. I'm telling you, it's a bogus identity that we've accepted for ourselves. But because we've accepted it and sought then to repress it, it takes on a certain level of reality in our life. And this morning, what I want to talk to you about is your ability to not repress, but rather to embrace the darkness within you, to release the judgments that you may have placed upon what you consider to be your darker qualities, and recognize that within every one of your strengths, Within every one of your outstanding qualities, there is also this polar opposite. Once embraced, once appreciated, it actually begins to serve you. You are made in the image and likeness of God, and that includes everything you're proud of about yourself, and it also includes everything that you have personally scorned. So this morning would be a great morning for you to stop laying negative judgment on those aspects of yourself that you have condemned and start to recognize that all of you, regardless of how you may have judged it, is a unique and ultimately beautiful aspect of your divinity. Now, this understanding of ourselves to be noble in spite of our self-proclaimed flaws goes way, way back in time. It is, in fact, one of the foundational pillars of the Holy Bible, and you don't have to get very far in the Scripture to find it, for it is right up front in the book of Genesis, in the very first chapter. You may think it's there for the sake of chronological order, but I'm telling you right now, I believe it's there because it's the most important thing you need to hear. That's why they put it in the beginning. How many of you read the Bible from cover to cover? Well, I commend you. 
because it can be a formidable task. I think probably God knew that they're only going to make it through the first few chapters, so I better get the important stuff in here right up front. So let's take a stroll through this first chapter. Well, you know, just being honest. We only have to get as far as the 26th to the 28th verse of the first chapter. And here's what we read. Listen to these words, my friends, because if you hear these words, you've got it. Actually, you need to do a little more than just hear them. You need to let them really saturate your conscious awareness, okay? That means you have to really listen, and I'll speak them slowly so you can take them in. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. What does that tell you? It tells you the most important thing you can ever hear. You. Right now, seated where you are, flaws and all, regardless of how you may have judged yourself to be, are made in the image and in the likeness of the same unlimited cosmic energy that is orchestrating an infinite number of universes. That is not a satisfactory creation. That is a phenomenal, majestic, amazing creation. That's what you are right now. It will be impossible for you to really embrace that understanding of yourself, however, unless you find a willingness to let go of all the lies that you have been told about who you are. And that is really at the core of this amazing book that we've been studying for several weeks now. We're in the fifth of seven weeks, Daring Greatly by Dr. Brene Brown. And though she utilizes relatively little religious or spiritual terminology in this book, I guarantee you it is a spiritual manual for your own awakening. And at the core of what she's sharing with us in these pages is an understanding of the importance of your willingness to become completely vulnerable. Most of us looking around the room have been on the planet long enough to have gone through experiences that have made us feel vulnerable. And usually in tandem or partnership with the feeling of vulnerability is a feeling of great fear. Have you noticed this? When you feel vulnerable, you feel exposed, and when you feel exposed, you feel fearful. I'd like to share with you this morning that I believe that fear comes from your fear of who you really believe you are, and that if you were to think of the world as seeing who you really are, not the cosmetic facade that you share with them, but the truth of who you really are, you think they'd go running for the fields because you believe more in the Mr. Hyde of you than in the benevolence of the Dr. Jekyll. And I'm telling you this morning, vulnerability doesn't have to be that way. 
Vulnerability, when you really know who you are, can be the peeling away of the mask, peeling away of the costume to reveal, yes, the truth of your identity, which is nothing to be afraid of. In fact, it is something that the world desperately needs right now. It needs you to find the courage to express the truth of your identity, which is magnificent, which is God. You want more God in the world. How many would like to see more evidence of the presence and the power of God in this round world? Well, guess what? It's never going to show up until you allow it to come through you. It's not going to come from anybody or anything outside of you. The way to treat the ailments of the world right now is to not look out here, my friends. It's to look within here and find the courage to really ask yourself, who do I believe I am at the core of my being? Am I something to be afraid of? Am I a Mr. Hyde? Or am I something to be grateful for? something to stand in awe of. And I really believe as I'm standing up here this morning right now, each and every one of you knows at the core of your being that regardless of what anybody anywhere has ever told you, you know you are not a hell-bound sinner. You know you are not the product of some invention on the human level called evil. You know there is an inherent goodness in you. Do you not know that right now sitting in this room? that you are goodness, that you are greatness, that you are more than these lies that you have been told about yourself? Is that not why you come into the walls of this community every week to be reminded? On the level of illusion, I'm standing up here as a minister telling you this, but on the level of spiritual reality, this experience is you talking to yourself. So if you think I'm being a little loud this morning, just ask yourself to quiet down. This is you. I'm nothing but a reflection of you. And I'm in this moment right now because you're ready to hear a new understanding of who you are, a new identity, so that you can bring it into the mix of the world around you. And once and for all, perhaps peace on earth and goodwill for all will be more than the pleasant lyric of a Christmas carol, but a real living reality. Is it not time for this, my friends? When will we have enough? And when, as Brene Brown says, will we realize that we are enough? What we've done is we've accepted a flawed, scared, broken, alone, evil image of our identity. And quite frankly, we're ashamed of it. So when we're asked to be vulnerable, we become fearful that that vulnerability will lead us to a place of shame and regret and misfortune. And though I do not personally believe there is a sin amongst any of us, if there were, that sin would be that we have taken what is made in the image and likeness of God and redefined it as a hell-bound, sinning spirit that is doomed to a life of desperation and struggle. These are not truth, my friends. These ideas are not truth. They are born out of an erroneous idea of who you are, and you can change that idea and live then a shameless life. Dr. Brown says, shame enters for those of us who experience anxiety because not only are we feeling fearful, out of control, and incapable of managing our increasingly demanding lives, but eventually our anxiety is compounded and made unbearable by our belief that if we were just smarter, stronger, or better, we'd be able to handle everything. Who cannot relate to that statement? If you were just a little bit more, you'd be able to handle this insane existence. If you just had a little more intelligence, 
Just a little more skill and capacity. If you were just a little more. Well, let me tell you, that is an endless cycle, my friends. You'll get to be a little more, and then you'll think you need to be more, and then you'll think you need to be more, and it's a never-ending route. You'll never be enough if you approach your life from that angle. It is only when you remember who you are that you realize not only are you enough right now, you've always been enough, and you always will be enough, and there will never be anything that will come upon the screen of your human existence that you will not be enough for. All too often, we don't recognize that until the drama has passed, and then we go, well, I'm still here. What do you know? That's because you were enough. You're always enough. God doesn't make anything that's lacking. This morning, I want to share with you just a couple of, uh, well, let me finish this quotation because it's very important. Shame often leads to desperation and reactions to this desperate need to escape from, and this is a self-imposed, isolation and fear can run the gamut from numbing to addiction, depression, self-injury, eating disorders, bullying, violence, and suicide. You want to know where all this is coming from, my friends? It's coming from our obsession with seeking to repress that which we have judged to be wrong within ourselves and then be ashamed of it. People have asked me on countless occasions since the incident in Las Vegas, how could anyone ever do this? Let me tell you, anyone can do anything if they are repressed by shame and self-disgust long enough. And the only way to get out of that is to claim a different identity. And you are the ones who can do it, lest you wouldn't be sitting in this room this morning, I guarantee you. So today I want to talk with you a little bit about how we can stop defending this erroneous identity that we've accepted for ourselves and begin to take on a new understanding of who we are. We can embrace the divinity that we are by right of our very existence. I want you this morning to just start contemplating the idea of seeing yourself as God sees you. And I guarantee you, when you begin to see the presence of God in the members of your family, in the people with whom you work, in the people who are butting in front of you on Biscayne Boulevard and I-95, in the irate ones, in the difficult ones, when you begin to see the presence of God, you will always be drawn to tears because you will be overwhelmed by the beauty. You may even be a little temporarily saddened that you've been living all of your life believing them to be something other than they were. And we only do that for one reason, my friends. We see other people in this light of darkness only because we see ourselves in this same darkness. And the moment that we redefine who we are, we start to inevitably redefine the world around us. For the world, as you all know, is not but a reflection of an internal dynamic. It exists within you. You want to change the world this morning? Change yourself. All right, here's the first one. Foreboding joy versus gratitude. Let me tell you about foreboding joy. I didn't do it very well at the previous service, and I can hardly spell it out now. Foreboding joy. Together, foreboding joy. 
Foreboding joy is that which occurs when you are feeling really good for reasons you may not even be aware of. You just wake up in the morning and, wow, it's going to be a good day. I feel it and I know it. And all of a sudden, you remember that something could happen in just a few moments. You know, it, it, this can't last forever. I can't remain in this state of joy forever. Something, the other shoe is going to drop. Something's going to happen. Regret's going to come my way. The only way to fight off or fend off that response to joy through the foreboding sense of joy is to become as grateful as you possibly can at all times such that the gratitude generator within you doesn't have room for this foreboding feeling, this weary anticipation. And the way you do that is by getting a practice into your life. It's got to be a practice, more than a philosophy, a practice. What are you doing right now in your life to Crank up your gratitude generator. If you're not already engaged in the creation of a gratitude journal, I'd like to encourage you to do that. I'd like for you to get a pad and a paper. Do you remember what that is? <laughs> pad, paper, pencil, pen. I don't want you to do this on computer. There's something about writing it down that gets it into your subconscious mind a little better. And every morning when you get up, as soon as you possibly can, I keep my gratitude journal right next to my bed so that the moment that my eyes open, I'm writing down 10 things that I'm grateful for. And tomorrow, 10 more things. And you think, well, I don't have that much to be grateful for. You'd be surprised. There are little, tiny, ordinary miracles occurring in your midst all the time. So get this gratitude generator going because you know what? Gratitude is the natural prelude to joy. And if you have enough gratitude going on inside of you, you'll have so much joy that there will be nothing that you'll be anticipating to get in the way, to stand in the way of that joyous feeling. And you'll be waltzing and walking through your days filled with gratitude, filled with thanksgiving, and filled with joy. That, my friends, is the manner in which you are intended to live. The other recipe that she offers us is perfectionism versus appreciating the cracks. Let me tell you, I am now a 63-year-old man. I know that I find that hard to believe every morning when I get up, but my granddaughter is a constant reminder that I'm not a kid anymore. Every one of these little wrinkles that you see on my face, and every time I get up in the morning and have to say, ooh, I say thank you. I love those imperfections by the world's definitions. Every one of these represents an experience that I had that has increased my ability toward wisdom, toward understanding, and toward living right now in this moment unquestionably the most peaceful, the most joyous, the most loving, the most healthy life I have ever lived. So bring it on. Let's begin to appreciate our cracks. Let's don't get so caught up in our own definition, let alone society's definition, which is an endless journey as to what makes perfection perfection. Perfection by anybody's definition, including your own, doesn't exist, Brene tells us. But there is a level of perfection, I believe, that does exist. And that has nothing to do with your personal judgments. It has to do with the ultimate reality of how you're created. You right now sitting in this room, yes, again, flaws and all, with all of your human judgments, are perfect exactly as you are. You don't need to work at it. It comes effortlessly to you because it is the manner in which you have been created or designed. You can begin to become more mindful of your own behavior when you find yourself getting caught up in self-judgment or something that never, none of us ever do, and that is to judge others. We never judge other people about their appearance now, do we? Or their behavior? Never. 
become more aware of that and just be willing to let that go and say, in its stead, I choose to see the presence, the power of God. I'm going to close this morning by sharing with you some words from Dr. Brown that um, refer to something she calls in the pages of her book, wholeheartedness. She talks about how important it is to live wholeheartedly, that is to bring all of yourself, all of yourself into your daily life experience. She says this, spirituality emerged in her research, I would say, spirituality emerged as a fundamental guidepost in wholeheartedness, not religiosity. She's not talking about religion. You catch the difference? She's talking about spirituality, not religiosity, but the deeply held belief. And my friends, we all have this inside of us, the deeply held belief that we are inextricably connected to one another by a force greater than ourselves, a force grounded in love and compassion. For some of us, that's God. For others, it's nature, art, or even human soulfulness. I believe that owning our worthiness is the act of acknowledging that we are sacred. Perhaps embracing vulnerability and overcoming numbing is ultimately about the care and feeding of our spirits. That, my friends, is the single most important thing that you're on this planet to do, to care, to nourish, and to nurture the spirit that you are. And whatever the world brings your way, never see it as misfortune. Always see it. Right now in this moment, if there's something going on in your life that you're struggling with, that you're having difficulty with, and nine times out of ten there is, redefine it as you redefine yourself. See it as your golden ticket to remember who you are, that in the face of this external drama, I will not forget the spiritual reality of who I am and where I dwell. I will remember what the good Lord was trying to tell me from the very beginning of the Holy Spirit. Scriptures. I am made now and forevermore in the image, in the likeness of God. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Just one moment. This is the moment in our service where we're going to have our prosperity opportunity. This is your opportunity to remember who you are and what you are blessed with, what you're endowed with, which is unlimited greatness, goodness, and abundance. Most of you know who this lady is over here, but not all of you do. Her name is Mae Stoiber. She's on this uh, poster this morning because she is the founder of the Unity Movement in the city of Miami. In 1926, she heard of the devastation of the greatest hurricane Miami had ever experienced. And in that realization, she made the decision to free herself of everything she owned, come down as a single woman in the 1920s to the Deep South with a radical religious message. And she opened the doors on January 1st, 2017, of what we now know of as unity on the bay. So you've been here, and all of those who have preceded us have been here representing 90 years of this new understanding of ourselves as made in God's image and God's likeness. I salute you and I thank you. It is your participation, your presence here this morning, and your generous giving that makes this great walk of faith that we've shared for so many decades continue on into the future. Thank you for believing in this message, and thank you for believing in this 
this community. As our ushers come forward, I remind you that you have the power to bless. That is right now in this moment. You can uh, fill this gift that you're giving with your energy, your vibration, your love, and your appreciation. As together we affirm our offertory statement. Divine love that I am blesses all that I give and all that I receive. Thank you, God. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay, a spiritual community located in Miami, Florida. Unity on the Bay is supported by the generosity of its community. If you'd like to make a donation or learn more about Unity on the Bay, please visit unityonthebay.org. You can also follow Unity on the Bay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for even more positive spiritual inspiration. Until next time, thanks for listening and many blessings. Namaste.